It's time for the Plant Doctor segment on Real World Gardener. On the line, I've got Steve McGrain, agriculturalist and horticulturalist. Hey, today, Steve. I'm very well, Mary. How's yourself? Not too bad. And I'm glad to be talking about pruning natives because uh, in the past, and we're talking quite a few years ago, I think maybe the 70s, we had native gardens that, well, people loved them and then they hated them because they never pruned them. No, <laughs> it was pretty uh, obvious that that trend was never going to last. I think, you know what, in all fairness, um, I think the varieties that we had back then were fairly limited and perhaps less conducive to being manicured than the ones we have now. Yeah, that's true. There's uh, come a long way with uh, breeding for various plants and you can get so many different ones, so many different species and cultivars, so... That's probably a, a good sign too. So let's talk about the general rule for pruning natives. So not nothing specific, but the general mm-hmm. rule. So- uh, yeah, well, look, it, it's, it's one of those things. The general rule, is you, as always, is you prune after flowering. And so how do you judge that in some cases? Because you've got things like with stringers, which flower all year round. So if you've got one which has, um, like for argument's sake, the golden panda, which has a definite burst of flower every year um, around about March, obviously you're not going to prune in February because you'll lose all the flowers. So that that one definitely lends itself to doing it after the flowering. Yeah, but um, there's other flowering plants. Also, there's quite a few grevilleas that I can think of that uh, like peaches and cream that flower all year long. So with that one, I would say because in winter there's a lack of a lack of nectar for birds and other wildlife, is to leave it until there's other plants which are flowering and full of nectar, and then prune it, even if it's still in flower. Mm, good point. So yeah, and that's really what you want to have is one for the bird attracting and then the insects, etc. But also, let's face it, it's it's about the look in your garden as well, and Yes, you don't necessarily want to prune everything back uh, within a, an inch of its life if, you know, you've got nothing else flowering around it. So that's a good point, but you need to be, I suppose, selective in when you do it and what you do it, not only based on the seasons, but in fact, how your garden actually works as well. Shade, you know, um, full sun, that sort of thing. If you want your native plants to be bushy, uh, it's a good idea to give them a prune right from the start right from you know when you plant them in the ground give them a light prune all the time you might lose a f- few flowers but then you'll have a bushy plant and when it does flower it will look amazing too right you know most people are a little bit shy to do that i think Marianne, but the, you are so right in as much as it, it is something you need to do early rather than later i get my plants home um and being a bonsai person <laughs> I tend to take the shears to them uh, straight away, put them in the ground. And my point about that is I do it very lightly, and you mentioned that word, and I think that's an important factor. We're tip pruning, and sometimes I'm only just cutting off very small amounts uh, of the plant. And I will do it quite often. I'll do it probably every six weeks even when the plant is young. 
that's a good idea. Now, the ones that we're talking about, like that do take prune, and that's anything from tea trees to bottle brushes, grevilleas, acacias, bucking hamia. I mentioned because known as ivory curl tree, I believe it it grows quite a lot up the east coast. It does. Mm. And native frangipani. I have a friend who has one in Adelaide growing amazingly like a big tree, but I don't think she prunes it because it's too big now. <laughs> well, finally, you should mention that one because I have uh, had some experience in pruning the uh, the native frangipani, the Florisparans, but the, uh, and the reason uh, why I mention it is because you'll find in most books that I read prior to this that they tell you not to prune them because they don't come back well now. It's possibly true. They do end up with um, a, a sort of stub on the top, but they will easily then shoot out from the side with new branches and uh, you will get a lot more flowers that way. Um, so I just think that I urge people to do that perhaps when they're a little bit younger, just before the actual main trunk gets too thick. Yeah, that's a good idea. Then you probably don't need to prune after that. Now, there are some other natives that can be hard prune. When I say hard prune, I mean we're talking down almost down to the ground and they respond very well particularly ones with a lignotuber and that's the thing that re-sprouts after fire so it's an underground um, stem if you like or root mm -hmm. and the, the ones that I have found personally that respond really well to I had a, a small shrub called melaleuca claret tops so mm -hmm. that's a tea tree and I did I didn't touch it and then I thought oh my god it's growing terribly oh I don't like it anymore I'll just prune it back hard and if it comes back good if it doesn't I don't care and it came back beautifully it formed beautifully so bushy it was fantastic but uh, you could do that with calistamums but uh, I found that if you kept doing it with a calistamum not in a very good environment like the soil's not so great it tended to die after about the third time that you've done it. <laughs> it's very important that with uh, colistamins that you don't go too hard. I do have uh, a variety, which is a smaller variety, and it, it's it's made for hedging. So I think that's the thing to look for. If you're going to be um, intent on keeping your colistamin fairly small and hedging it back quite often, look for varieties that suit that. Uh, and the other provisor I might uh, state there is that I found it's very easy if you're cutting back uh, a clisman too often to lose a lot of the um, flowers as well. Mm, yes, and I, I discovered a lot of dieback in my instance. Yes, when I... they're not. I, I don't think it's necessary. As I said, I think you need to pick your varieties. Some varieties work well for it, but um, there are many varieties of of clisman. So go to your nursery and ask perhaps for one which is more suited to hedging. Um, if that's what you want to do, either you you do end up with dieback and, and patchy areas from mm. some of the some some of the more um, uh, straight versions of it that haven't been hybridised. Yeah, and those natives that flowered for you this spring, such as some grevilleas, bottle brushes, baronias, they can be pruned right now. So, but just mm -hmm. a third with just another light trim in a couple of months, so they'll bush up and produce a lot more flowering wood. So you have a fabulous spring show next year yes indeed and look and also don't forget your uh, kangaroo paws soon as they've finished flowering cut them back to about a centimeter uh, of the ground as well because 
we often forget about them, but a lot of people talk about the ink spot uh, fungus that they get and the way to control that, according to Angus Stewart, is simply to cut them back um, to within a centimetre, and I found that works quite well to bring them back next year. It does indeed. Well, there we have it. Don't be scared to prune your natives. Get stuck in. Once again, Steve, it's been lovely chatting with you on Real World Gardener. Pleasure.